Hi, and thanks for listening to another audio podcast from Creekside Community Church, Narangba, Queensland. For more information and resources, please visit our website at www.creekside.org.au. And today we're going to continue on the next little bit of our service here, just looking through the book of Mark. We've been getting into the the book of Mark these last few weeks. We're going to continue down this road. Those who are visiting, we're up to chapter one still. We're in our third week of book of Mark and we're still in chapter one, but we're going to have a look through some other sections of Mark today as well. This is the first gospel of Jesus' life and we're getting to know our Lord Jesus Christ really well over these few weeks, especially leading up to Easter. We're going to come into Easter very soon, as you know, in about six weeks' time. And here at... um, Can you take me down to the sermon slides, please, Phil? Here at uh, Carmichael... uh, Creekside, we're going to go into a really special time of the uh, Passover dinner. The Passover dinner is going to be on the Tuesday night of the Easter week. You can put that slide up there. There'll be more details to come. It's a really special occasion in how we can um, start to open up our understanding of how Christ relates to the Passover. Then we're going to go into our Good Friday service, which is obviously Good Friday, is the, and, and then into our Resurrection Sunday service as we look at the Easter season. But today, we're going to continue on and talk about something that you might not normally really think about in your Christian lives. And I think it's kind of a shame because it pops up in the book of Mark so often and pops up in the gospel so often. So I thought, hmm, I, I think I'm just going to focus on this for a few minutes this morning and, and see if, how relevant it is in our Christian lives and challenge us with this. What I want us to focus on this morning is the topic of the authority of Jesus Christ. Everyone say authority. authority. The authority of Jesus Christ. And firstly, I want to give you some examples in the book of Mark. We're going to have a look at where I see Jesus' authority being represented. And then after we look at that, secondly, we're going to have a really brief look at what you could take home today, something practical, a practical application of the authority of Jesus that you have in your life as a believer. That's what we're going to do. Does that sound okay? All right, the authority of Jesus Christ. Starting in the book of Mark, soon after Jesus was baptized, he began calling the disciples to come and follow him. Cain spoke about this last week. He was baptized and he called the disciples. He didn't waste a moment. Jesus dived straight into his three-year ministry, so I'm going to make the most of every day that I have serving the Lord. And this is what it says in verse 21, Mark 1, verse 21. Jesus and his companions went to the town of Capernaum. When the Sabbath day came, he went to the synagogue and began to teach. The people were amazed at his teaching, for he taught with real authority, quite unlike the teachers of the religious law. So I want you to remember that word, real authority. Because you can see here Jesus was amazing the people because they hadn't heard teaching like this before. In other words, something was not quite right about the others when it compared it to Jesus' teaching, it was real. It's a really interesting comment here. It means the teachers of religious law maybe didn't have real authority or at least the same kind of authority that Jesus had. And so his authority was quite unlike the other teachers. But what was it that made it different? What was it that made it different? Why do you think that was? Well, it was because he was speaking as God. He was God in the flesh and he was speaking and he was teaching as God. And when, when God speaks to us, it cuts to the heart. 
When God speaks to us, it gets deeper into our heart and it's different, it's real, it's authentic and it's spirit-led. So he speaks a rhema word, a word for the moment, a word for the, that, that split second that he's speaking into your heart with something that is real and life-changing. It wasn't just a teaching of the law. It wasn't just a teaching of the Old Testament. It was Jesus speaking and teaching in a way that would change lives forever. He was teaching as one with real authority. And only God, we know, could forgive sins. And only God could change human hearts. Amen? And so he taught like this. And it says that he had not only real authority that way, but just look at this, authority over evil spirits. He continued on in verse 23. Suddenly, a man in the synagogue who was possessed by an evil spirit cried out, Why are you interfering with us, Jesus of Nazareth? You have come to destroy us. I know who you are, the Holy One of God. But Jesus reprimanded him. Be quiet. and Come out of the man, he ordered. And at that, the evil spirit screamed and threw the man into convulsion, and then he came out of him. Whoa, talk about setting the stage for your ministry, right? First thing, gets up and teaches with real authority, and someone manifests, and Jesus not phased by it at all. Some demon-possessed person screaming out in front of him, and he just speaks to it, tells it what to do, and he has complete authority over it. The Spirit leaves the man. Jesus just reprimands him and orders it. He had real authority over demon spirits. Why is that? Because he was the Holy One of God. He was the Holy Son of God. And just by the power of his spoken word, he had authority over it. It says there in verse 27, amazement gripped the audience. And I want you today to start to feel the amazement that they may have felt. Okay? The amazement gripped the audience and they began to discuss what had happened. What sort of new teaching is this? They asked excitedly. It has such what? authority. Even evil spirits obey his orders. The news about Jesus spread quickly throughout the entire region of Galilee. So Jesus started his ministry with a big bang, really. It was like, whoa, the word got out quick. And Mark right here just keeps going on and on with example after example of how he healed diseases, how he cast out demons. I mean, it says there in verse 29, after Jesus left the synagogue with James and John, they went back to Simon and Andrew's home. Now Simon's mother-in-law was sick in bed with a high fever. And they told Jesus about her right away. So he went to her bedside. He took her by the hand and helped her sit up. And then the fever left her and she prepared a meal for them. That evening after sunset, many sick and demon-possessed people were brought to Jesus. The whole town gathered at the door to watch. So Jesus healed many people who were sick with various diseases and he cast out many demons. But because the demons who knew who he was, he did not allow them to speak. He had authority over them. And then down in verse 40, Jesus again showed such compassion. Where are we? It says, a man with leprosy. I got behind my slide. Sorry, guys. There we go. A man with leprosy came and knelt in front of Jesus, begging to be healed. If you are willing, you can heal me and make me clean, he said. Moved with compassion, Jesus reached out and touched him. I am willing, he said, be healed. And instantly, the leprosy disappeared and the man was healed. He had authority over disease, authority over sickness. He had authority over demons. He has authority over hell in that sense. And he was a teacher with real authority. We can see what's happening here. Another thing he had was authority over sin. 
It says down in chapter 2, we're moving into chapter 2 now, guys. When Jesus returned to Capernaum several days later, the news spread quickly that he was back home. Soon the house where he was staying was so packed with visitors that there was no more room, even outside the door. While he was preaching God's word to them, four men arrived with a paralyzed man on a mat. They couldn't bring him to Jesus because of the crowd, so they dug a hole through the roof above his head. Then they lowered the man down on his mat, right down in front of Jesus. And seeing their faith, Jesus said to the paralyzed man, my child, your sins are forgiven. That's funny. He didn't focus on the paralyzed man. He focused on his sins. It's interesting. But some of the teachers of the law saw this, and they were sitting there, and they were thinking to themselves, what is he saying? This is blasphemy. Only God can forgive sins. Well, Jesus knew immediately what they were thinking. So he asked them. He said, why do you question this in your hearts? Is it easier to say to the paralyzed man, your sins are forgiven? Or is it easier to say, stand up and pick up your mat and go on your way and walk? So I'm going to prove to you that the Son of Man, or the Son of God, he referred to himself here as God's Son, that he has authority on earth to forgive sin. In that statement, he's saying to all the others that he is God himself in the flesh. Then Jesus turned to the paralyzed man and also healed him. He said, now stand up and pick up your mat and go home. Amazing. Jesus forgave him of his sins, as God does, and also healed him in that moment. Isn't that amazing? Another thing is that I saw just a little further down in verse 35 is that he has authority over nature. It says, as evening came, as evening came, Jesus said to his disciples, let's cross to the other side of the lake. So they took Jesus in the boat and started out, leaving the crowds behind. But soon a fierce storm came up and high waves were breaking into the boat and it began to fill with water. Jesus was sleeping at the back of the boat with his head on a cushion. And the disciples woke him up and shouting, Teacher, don't you care that we're going to drown? When Jesus woke up, he rebuked the wind and he said to the waves, Silence! Be still. Now suddenly the wind stopped and there was a great calm. And then he asked them, why are you afraid? Don't you even have faith? The disciples were absolutely terrified by this. Who is this man? They asked each other. Even the wind and the waves obey him. He is one with real authority. Anyone agree? It's pretty exciting stuff, isn't it? When you think about this. And I could keep going on and on and on with example after example, not only in the book of Mark, but all through the Gospels of seeing how Jesus had authority over de demons and disease and sickness and, and forgiving sins of people and constantly leaving everyone that he heard and anyone who came across Jesus' teachings in absolute amazement. And I'm in amazement today too as I've been digging into this. If you read through the book of Mark, you'll see what I mean. I'm sure it will start to blow your mind. Now we've seen the authority of Jesus in action. I just for a few minutes as we finish up, I want to give you something to take home, something that you need to know about the authority of Christ. And we could talk about this for a long time. In fact, we could preach on this for, for weeks and weeks and weeks. But I just want to give you one thing or two things here that you could take home. Does that sound good? Something to make this real in your own life and activate the authority of Christ in your life, 
You and I are living in a really intense time in human history. Did anyone notice? It's no time right now to allow darkness and evil to, to prevail in our lives, in our families, in our marriages, in our, in our church or in our communities. It's no time right now to let Satan win any battles in our lives. And we have authority to speak up as children of God into these things. It's time to walk with authority, church. God has given us authority. It says in Luke 10, 19, Jesus told us, Behold, I give you authority to trample on serpents and scorpions. That's Satan, by the way. And over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall be by any means hurting you. Now, some of you know about the authority of Jesus and you've learned about that and you're walking in it. Some of you are hearing this for the first time today and you're like, well, I don't really, this is like new to me and I just want you to keep an open mind and keep learning about this right now. But I've been a Christian for over 30 years and sometimes I just forget about this. Sometimes, sometimes my sermon just went, <laughs> I have no authority over that battery. <laughs> but I do have a backup. So just give me two seconds. I'll make sure I charge my battery next time. Okay? Just so you know, I've been pastoring church for 30 years, and this is the first time this has ever happened. Okay? Here we go. Some of you know about the authority that Jesus had and some of you are just learning about it today. But sometimes I know I am not walking in that authority and I know that I need to. And I believe that this is three things that we're going to do here. One is that we need to know what the authority is. Secondly, we need to know that it belongs to us. And thirdly, that we have to know how to use it. So what is authority? Well, the authority that Jesus is talking about here is not an authority of brute force. It's not an authority that you get to stand like in brute force. It's what's called a delegated authority. It's much like a policeman possesses a delegated authority. When a policeman steps out in front of traffic and holds up his hand to stop the traffic, the only reason he can do that is because he's wearing a uniform and has a badge and he's got the state behind him, the state law that he's upholding. So it's been delegated on him to be able to stop traffic. And in the same way as what we have when we stand in Christ, we have, it's a similar authority in that, it's much higher though, that you're not stopping the forces of darkness in your own strength, you're stopping the forces of darkness with a delegated authority, authority of Christ who is in you, the Spirit of God who lives within you through the Word of God. You are backed by God himself and it's been delegated to you. How amazing is that, church? It's amazing. God himself is the power behind your authority. It says in Ephesians 6.10, be strong in the Lord in the power of his might. And that means that you can step out in front of the devil and hold up your hand in a sense, as it says in James, resist the devil and he will flee from you. You do this in the name of Jesus and you are backed by the power of Jesus. Secondly, it belongs to us. The Bible says that you are the body of Christ and Jesus is the head. We just spoke about that. And we are his body. And it's in his authority as the head of the body is perpetuated down through the body. When Jesus rose from the dead and he transferred that authority into his body, that's you and I on earth, 
to see his authority continue on this planet. And in God's mind, when Christ was raised up, it says we were raised up. It says there in Ephesians 2.6 that God says he raised us up from the dead along with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms because we are united with Christ Jesus. Both the head and the body are seated right there next to God in the place of the power of the authority. Now this means that you are seated right there with him. And remember, he's seated at the right hand of God, praying for you and interceding for you to be able to stand firm and to be immovable as you are attacked and things come in our life and try and destroy us. It says that Satan's trying to steal, kill and destroy, and that's his purpose. He's trying to do those things to us, but we can stand firm and be immovable in Christ. Isn't that great news? Let me give you one final point as we finish up, and that's how to use it. How do we use it? This is where we'll finish. The door to exercising your authority in Christ hinges on Ephesians 2.6, that verse we just read. The verse here is saying that we are seated with God in Christ. And I want to encourage you to meditate on that for a day or two or a week or a year. I want you to meditate on that and fully grasp what it means to be seated with him and having his power move in you and through you. When adversity is arising in your life, Use your authority in Christ by speaking out what God's word says and using the name of Jesus. Remember the delegated authority. Use the name of Jesus and speak out the truth. Remember, it's delegated. It's not my own strength. It's not my own authority. It's God's. So we use God's name and we speak out his word, just like a policeman uses the force of the law that backs him. Without that state, without that law to uphold, without that uniform, without that badge, he, he's got no authority. He's just, there's no authority at all. And I can say without Christ living in me, the hope of glory, without that strength of God, I have no authority. I have nothing. In fact, the Bible says my righteousness is like filthy rags in his sight. I have nothing. But in Christ... I have everything that I need. I have everything I need. And you can have that as you stand firm in your authority. I could say, sickness, sickness, I command you to leave my body in the name of Jesus according to 1 Peter 2.24. By his stripes I am healed. That authority I speak in the name of Jesus and by your word of truth, Lord. Now, if God chooses to heal me, that's up to him. I have, but I speak with authority. I speak in the name of Jesus. It's like using the name of a CEO when I go into a company and I'm not getting the service I want. I say, I want to go straight to the manager. I want to go straight to the owner. I want to straight to the CEO. Amen? And that none of you get nothing done unless I go there sometimes. And you know and you're frustrated and you just want to get something done. So you call the company and say, put me on to the manager, please. And then the owner tells you, you know, next time you call, just mention my name. Just mention my name, you get put straight through to me and I'll take care of everything. And that's what we do. It's the same in the spirit realm, except it carries far more weight when you mention the name of Jesus. It said in Philippians 2.9, God elevated him to the place of highest honour and gave him the name that is above all other names. That the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and earth and under the earth and every tongue and declare that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Think about that, church. When you use the name of Jesus, when you pray, you are backed by the power of heaven. Every knee must bow to that name.
Jesus made it very clear that that is the name that we use. In John 14, he says, Whatever you ask for in my name, that I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. In Acts chapter 3, Peter and John, they encountered a lame man at the gate, beautiful it was called, and they said, In the name of Jesus, rise up and walk. And the man rose up and walked. They didn't say it in their own authority. They spoke in the name of Jesus. Isn't that amazing? And that's what I encourage you today to do as well. The worship team, come up here, please. You're going to lead us in a song as we finish up. I thank God. And can we all stand as we come into prayer for a finishing up of our time together this morning? I want you to leave this place today feeling more full of faith in Jesus. Faith in who Jesus is. I mean, weren't those stories about Jesus amazing? Yeah? They're amazing. It just builds my faith. This is the Jesus I believe in. He's the one I've committed my life to, and you've committed your life to as well. I'm amazed because he was one who had real authority. Think about that. Let's pray. Lord, as fellow believers here, I know we have the delegated authority, but sometimes we forget about it. We see things going on around us and in our lives, in our families, and we see stuff happening in our community and we kind of just accept it. We see stuff happening in our world and we just let it happen and we just accept it. Lord, I pray that you would help all of us rise up and walk out of here knowing that we are seated with Christ in the heavenly realms, knowing that we are seated with God and we have the authority of Jesus and that He is backing us the whole way and that we can speak into situations. We can speak over diseases and demonic realm and all the stuff that Satan is trying to do to ruin everything. Lord, we can have authority today. And I pray each one of us would take that on board and help us, Lord, to honour you in this way and take the real authority that we have in Christ into our hearts and into our lives and serve you in your power. In Jesus' name.